Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, praise God, praise God. Man, Rachel was preaching. Man, I thought I just need to go sit down. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 11. Yeah, y'all didn't, y'all said amen a little bit too loud on that one. Do I see an Alabama Crimson Tide hat in the house? Shane, is that you? Ushers, can we escort this man right out the back? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just jealous. Y'all are so good. (laughs) Okay, Holy Ghost, bring it back in. Bring it back in. Holy Spirit left just for a moment. All right, he's back. He's back. We, uh, I think the timing of what we've been teaching, it has been sovereign. Um, I believe divine appointment. You know, who can predict the future? Nobody but God. God knows what we need right when we need it. Can I have a good amen? And we've been teaching about the Holy Spirit. This series called Clear, you know, living in the spirit. Uh, I've talked to you about who he is. The first week we kind of unpacked the, uh, the authority and the, the trinity, the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about who he is. We've talked about what he does. Uh, we talked about the fruit of the spirit. Last week, I thought it was interesting too. Last week we only had one service at eight o'clock. Interesting. We had over 300 people show up last Sunday at eight o'clock. Y'all crazy. All right. Everybody else with sense was hunkered down, but the rest of us crazy folk were in here. Uh, some of you watched online. Hopefully, you had a chance to see that. If not, go back and watch. We talked about the gifts of the Spirit. It's interesting, the, the, the order. I wanted to do this on purpose, talk about who the Holy Spirit is. I want to talk about what he does. It's our responsibility to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And then last week, we talked about the gifts. And uh, amazing to me how all this past week, I have seen the gifts of the body of Christ on display. It has been amazing. You know, sometimes through dire situations and circumstances, God will place a demand on the gift inside of you. Oh, come on now. Don't get quiet on me. I'm only preaching one time. I'm giving you everything I got. I ain't saving anything for other services. Come on now. Sometimes God will bring you through circumstances that will lay a demand on the gift inside of you. And last week, I saw gifts rising to the surface. I saw gifts of leadership and creativity, gifts of innovation, gifts of help. And you know what? That that all comes from the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Today, I want to talk about how he shines, how the Holy Spirit shines, especially in dark moments. I don't like the dark. (laughs) How many of you don't like darkness? I don't like storms that come in at night. Come on, talk to me. This, this time a week ago, that storm started coming in to Louisiana, 7, 8 o'clock. It's dark, 9 o'clock. How many of you did not sleep a wink? Yes. How many just slept right through it and you woke up like, what happened? Yeah, no, I was nervous. I didn't, I didn't sleep well. I, I don't like darkness. I don't like being without electricity and being in the dark. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, some context here. This is a particularly dark time 
in the nation of Judah. And times would become increasingly difficult. And the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before the time of Christ, 700 years, he gives this prophetic reference to a coming Messiah uh, who would illuminate the nation of Judah and the people of Israel. You see, when darkness comes in, a light shines really bright. And I think in dark days and in difficult days, God has positioned us as the church through the help of the Holy Spirit to shine a great light. Are you with me? You know, Isaiah 11, if you, if you, I want to read two verses out of this, this chapter. We talked about, the, the, out of the tabernacle series, we talked about the candlestick. And if you would, put that, that picture of the menorah on the screen for me. I want you to see this. Many of you remember what we did at the beginning of the year through the tabernacle series. We walked through the different stages of the tabernacle, talked about the different uh, pieces and places and what they represented. And one of them was the candlestick. And this candlestick was made of pure gold. This candlestick is a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's one solid piece. It weighed about 75 pounds. You'll notice there is a center stick, and then there are six branches that, that, that branch off from that center piece. And I think Isaiah paints a picture. He gives us, from this candlestick, he gives us six qualities of the Holy Spirit, the centerpiece being Jesus himself. You'll see this in just a moment, the center being Jesus. And then those three pairs uh, are an expression of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if I can frame this up in a way that's helpful, and I know we're going to take some notes, and then we're going to learn together, and then we'll worship at the end. But the first two have to do with our mind. The second two have to do with our hands, and then the last pair has to do with our heart, okay? So today, I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit illuminates our minds, how he empowers our hands, and how he stirs our hearts. Are you with me? Isaiah 11, verse 1. The Bible says this. Here's the prophetic word of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus. He says this, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. Interesting here, the language, the picture Isaiah's painting. It's a tree stump. <laughs> We've seen a lot of fallen trees. Man, and we've seen what's left, what remains. Now, now, notice what Isaiah is saying. Out of this stump of David's family will grow a shoot. What grows out of a stump? Well, if its roots are still in soil, it has the potential for life. Bible says, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old. This is a reference directly to Jesus. And here's what he says. And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And it will be a spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Okay, let me read that, that, that second verse again. The spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon this coming Messiah, and it will be a spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of of the Lord. So let me break this down and give you three simple thoughts, okay? First of all, this is how the Holy Spirit moves and works, okay? We want that same spirit that rested upon Jesus. We want that same spirit upon us. I need the Holy Spirit. In darkness and in difficult days, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, let's see how the Holy Spirit moves, number one, in our minds. 
Isaiah speaks of wisdom and understanding. Where do wisdom and understanding operate? Right here in our minds. You see, your mind has to do with how you think. And how many of you know we can think some crazy thoughts? Uh, you know, the, the, the battlefield is really in your head. Sometimes your heart can be in the right place, but your mind can be a mess. How many of you know your mind can think a million different thoughts just like that? You can go from happy to sad, from fearful, you know, to, to anxious, to bold. I mean, you, you think so many different thoughts. And here the scripture's reminding us that the battlefield is your mind, but the Holy Spirit comes to give you wisdom and understanding right here in your head. The devil wants to create fear and confusion. <laughs> Man, I've had some moments this past week where I felt overwhelmed and underqualified. Oh, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? Have you ever asked that? You ever wondered what to do, what to do, what to do? And I remember watching a movie a number of years ago called A Beautiful Mind. Have you seen that movie, A Beautiful Mind? It's based on a, it's based on a true story, a guy named John Nash. I think Russell Crowe plays John Nash. And John was this brilliant mathematician. And he was a Nobel Prize winner. But he suffered from schizophrenia and delusions. He would see things that he thought were real, but they weren't. He would hear voices telling him what to do. And I remember in, in this particular part of the movie, one of the famous lines that I've never forgotten. You know, he, he began to understand that these visions and voices weren't really true. They were real in his mind, but they weren't true in real life. How many of you know your mind can play tricks on you? And you can develop a narrative in your mind, well, yeah, it's the world according to you, but it's not really true. You know, you'll, you'll create hypotheticals. Sometimes we'll worry about things that we shouldn't worry about. Sometimes we'll run into worry instigators. You didn't know you were supposed to be worried until you met them. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know these people? Man, you didn't know you were supposed to be upset until you, you had a conversation with them. And then you get off the phone and you're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And God has never once ever panicked in heaven saying, oh, my God, wait, I am God. <laughs> and your mind can play tricks on you. And in this movie, John begins to understand, wait a second, I, I hear something, I hear that voice, but it's not real. And one of the famous lines he said is this, everybody has voices in their heads. You just have to choose which ones to listen to. And the truth is when you listen to wrong voices, you are going to make wrong choices. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to us to help us in our minds. You know what? We, we, we have emotions and we have feelings, and those things are they're, they're fine. God created us with the capacity to feel. But you know what? We don't live by emotions and feelings. We live guided by wisdom and understanding. I, I can feel certain things, but I don't have to live by how I feel. Can I tell you, your feelings will fake you out. Your feelings will mess with you. If you always did what you felt like doing, you may never get out of bed and go to work. You, you wouldn't get out of bed and come to church. I can't listen to how I feel. I have to live by a spirit of wisdom and understanding. Now, here's what wisdom helps us with. Wisdom to know what to do in uncertain times. 
God will give you wisdom to help you know what to do when times are tough. We live in uncertain times, do we not? How many of you had plans last weekend, but those plans changed? You see, life is what happens to you when you have something else planned. Come on. But God gives you a spirit of wisdom to know what to do. The last two years, can we just talk about the last 24 months? What? <sighs> between pandemic, between politics, oh, sweet Jesus, take the wheel. Between all the social unrest and then these crazy storms, I'm thinking, God, so many decisions, what to do, what to do. I had a guy tell me the other day, he stopped me in public, he said, hey, you're, you're the pastor of that church over there on Highland Road, aren't you? <laughs> Some days I, I just want to go incognito. Hey, you're, you're that pastor, aren't you? I'm like, maybe. <laughs> you're the pastor at Healing Place? I said, yes, sir. He said, oh, so you're the guy with all the answers. He has no idea. I said, no, I'm the guy who points to that guy that has all the answers. I don't always know what to do, but I know where to go. See, wisdom says take your emotions, your feelings, your anxiety, your stress, your worry, and bring it to the right person. He knows what to do. There's a spirit of wisdom that God wants to give the church. Man, let's live our lives guided by wisdom and not ruled by emotions. You see, feelings are gauges, but they're not guides. Feelings will help you locate where you are, but wisdom will locate where God is. And I want to live according to that spirit of wisdom. I don't want to panic. You know, I'm so glad that even in a crisis, the church never panicked. You guys just held solid. You know what we do? We pivot, but we don't panic. We pivot, we make adjustments, we make changes. We, we, why? Because we're led by the Spirit. Life doesn't always work out according to my plan. And when it doesn't, I refuse to panic, but I'm going to pivot. Lord, what's the Spirit of wisdom telling me? You know, wisdom helps us during times of uncertainty, and understanding gives us a kingdom perspective. Wisdom and understanding, they partner together. Wisdom guides us during uncertainty and understanding, God gives us understanding to have kingdom perspective. God, why is this happening? We could ask that question or we could ask this, God, how can we advance your kingdom in this? You see, God loves people so much that he will allow certain things to happen. You know, here's what I've seen over the past week, and not just with our church, but with so many churches. When a storm comes in and people are in crisis, you say, Mike, did God cause it? I don't know if God caused it, but i tell you this, he allowed it. I believe God allows certain things to happen in order to get people's attention. A good God will allow bad things to happen, but he'll work bad things for good. I believe God will allow certain things to happen to get people's attention and then place the church right in the middle. I mean, like, okay, okay, I'm placing a spirit of wisdom and understanding right in the middle of chaos. God loves lost people so much 
that he's going to place you and I in a crisis situation. Some people don't even care about God. They're not even seeking God until a storm hits. And when you're flat on your back, there's only one way to look. Come on, somebody. And then God will place the church right there to help in a time of need. And salvation comes to those who were never even looking for it. Number one, our minds. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and understanding. Number two, our hands. Not only is it a spirit of wisdom and understanding, but it's a spirit of counsel and might. A spirit of counsel and might. If our minds have to do with our thinking, then our hands represent our doing. Okay? Not only will God give you wisdom and understanding here, but he's going he's to tell you what to do. That's counsel. But then he's going to give you the power to do it. That's might. Okay? Counsel and might. We don't go with this in our own strength. You know, Pastor David said this earlier. I thought it's true. Power is something you take for granted until it's gone. You don't really appreciate electricity until you don't have it. You don't think about air conditioning until it's a heat index of 115 degrees. Come on, and the kids are all agitated and irritated. And then you're like, man, we got to send them back to school quick. And then you get an email from the school saying, we're shut down for two weeks. You're like, sweet Jesus. Power is something you take for granted until it's gone. You, you know, Randy, I thought about you when I heard this story. Come on, you're the, you're the tree master, man. You should have seen Randy this week. He's got like chainsaws in both hands. He's operating a chainsaw with his foot. I mean, wood chips are flying everywhere. It was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. It was awesome. Guy goes into a hardware store because he had, the storm came through and trees are all over his yard. One's laying on his house. Goes into the hardware store and he, he tells the attendant, he said, listen, I need the biggest, best chainsaw you got. He said, I got trees everywhere. I got a lot of work in front of me. I don't care what it costs. Give me your best chainsaw. So the clerk runs to the back, gets his chainsaw, brings it out up front, sets it on the counter. It's this, I mean, high-end, fine blade, large. He's telling the guy all the features of it. He said, this chainsaw will cut through those trees like a hot knife through soft butter. Guy put his money on the counter, grabbed the chainsaw, and left. Three days later, he comes back to the, to the store. Hair all messed up, stinky, smelly, sweaty, three-day-old beard. He's got like some limbs in one arm and that chainsaw in the other, and he slams it on the desk. He said, I cannot believe you sold me this chain. You told me that this was the best chainsaw you had. You said that it would cut through, uh, cut through those trees like a hot knife through soft butter. All I've been able to do in the last three days is cut these little limbs. The clerk was concerned. He said, well, it would." Everything worked when I sold it to you. I don't understand. So he jumps around the corner. He grabs that, that uh, cord. He rips it, pulls that cord back. Boom, the chainsaw sprang to life. And the man looked at it and jumped back. He said, what was that? <laughs> the poor fella was trying to use a chainsaw like a hacksaw. He didn't realize the power. Come on, are you with me? Didn't realize the power. Listen, some of you trying to do this in your own strength, it's like taking a chainsaw and trying to use it. God's saying, no, no, no. I've given you a spirit of counsel and might. 
It's not your strength, but God's saying, it's my strength through you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that flows in and through us. In fact, the the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. When do you get this power? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now listen, that word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. D-U-N, what is it? A-M-I-S, all right? Dr. Ferris, is that right? You're a professor. Dunamis, the Greek word for power is dunamis. And you know what that word means? Dynamite. Y'all remember JJ? Good times. Y'all remember good times back in the day? Somebody say dynamite. See, God wants to give you the power of his spirit. It's dunamis. It's dynamic. It's not your strength that moves the mission forward, but it's his spirit that flows in and through you. You see, I couldn't imagine. Oh, man, I could not imagine. I didn't want to say we were looking at all the power outages. Man, I was making phone calls. Tundra, thank you. I talked to Troy. I'm calling people from Entergy saying, we got no power at the church. You know how hard it was for me to say that? You know what I didn't want to do? I didn't want to send out a mass email or put something on social media that says, we can't have church because the church has no. You see where I'm going here? But now I'm not talking about electricity. Man, I'm thankful for energy. I am. I am grateful for those who are working our utility lines. Come on. We've been feeding these guys, thanking these guys, loving them. Power at my house is a blessing. But God forbid, as a church, we gather into a beautiful building with nice AC, but we leave here without the dunamis of God's spirit inside of us. You see, the power of the church is not in the building. Come on, somebody. But it's in the spirit of God within the people. And see, my prayer for us is that whatever circumstance we walk through, we've got a spirit of wisdom and understanding in our minds, but we have the counsel and the power of his spirit in our hands. And what we do, you know, all the outreach this week, one of the things that's been important to to us, Laplace has been hit hard. Um, Hammond, Ponchatoula, um, you know, uh, Homa has been devastated. Some of the lower parishes in the southern portion of our state. And we've been reaching out to churches. I've been talking to churches, uh, these pastors that have lost everything. In fact, I've got some pictures from some of my friends at their buildings. I want you to see uh, a couple of these, these churches that have been totally destroyed. There's a church in reserve uh, pastor Rod Aguilard, and uh, he's the founding pastor there, the church in reserve. Look at that kid's space. I mean, just uh, ripping the roofs off of it. I mean, uh, equipment totally destroyed. These guys needing help. Uh, here's a church down in Galliano, and I've been talking to Mike and Judy Davis, and, and they're connected to the pastor there. This, this pastor founded that church. Look, look at the inside of the building. And again, and I'm not saying this for emotional pull, but I want you to see the destruction and devastation of what we've been through. This is the founding pastor 50 years ago who planted this church in Galliano. Now look at what's left of his building. And the Lord put in our heart that we would come alongside these pastors. 
You know, obviously we want to help people and residents in our community, but we got to get these churches back up on their feet because the church is the center of hope in the community. Guess what? These guys can't have service, and you know what? When they don't have church, they can't pay their staff. Think about it. Some of you guys that own businesses, I mean, you, th- you think about not being able to pay, pay your employees. You lose not just your building, but you lose your, 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 your people. And so we've made a commitment to come alongside them and to help resource these guys. You know, through your generosity, we were immediately able to send two large checks to these guys to say, hey, we want to help subsidize your payroll expenses while the church gets back on her feet. Come on, how many of you know that's the body of Christ? And it takes more than a heart. It takes some hands. It it takes some power. It takes some generosity. It it takes some giving and serving. And you guys have done that so well. (laughs) Zechariah 4, 6, the Bible says this. It's not by our might. It's not by our power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. My prayer is that even in times of testing, that God would fill your heart and fill your hands with a supernatural strength. Every, every meal that's plated and, 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 and jambalaya that's given out, every chainsaw, every limb that's picked up, every, every tarp that's been laid across a roof. I mean, there's so many things that in our doing that the gospel is going forward. Guess how that happens? <laughs> Through the Holy Spirit. In us, through us. I read recently where a, uh, a guy robbed the bank in Ottawa, Canada. Robbed the bank, stole $6,000. That's what he robbed. $6,000 is what he stole from this bank in, in Canada. He was arrested, and after putting him in jail, they realized that the weapon he used, he had a gun. And it was a 1910 Colt, or 1918, I'm sorry, 1918 Colt revolver. Well, if you know anything about guns, the value of that revolver, $100,000. He used a $100,000 gun to steal $6,000 from the bank. If he knew the value of what was in his hands, he could have sold that gun and gotten more than 10 times what he stole. But guess what? He didn't realize what he had in his hand. Some of you don't even realize what God has put in your hand. You say, well, Mike, it's not much. Well, listen, when you give what you have, it becomes incredibly valuable. And if we release what's in our hands, I promise you, God will give what's in his. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If you know the value of what's in your hands, then you'll give it with joy and watch God multiply it and bless it. Amen? Our minds, number two, our hands. Finally, number three, our hearts. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Isaiah said it will be a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, And finally, he said, it'll be a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Knowledge to see Jesus in everything. Even in a mess, I see Jesus. In the painful stuff, 
and the hard-hitting stuff and the difficulties of life. Man, God will give you knowledge to see Jesus in all things. But he also speaks of the fear of the Lord. Fear the Lord to help us honor him. A godly fear, a reverential fear. You know, I thought about if, if our minds have to do with our thinking, our hands have to do with our serving, our, our doing, our work, then our heart, it has to do with our worship. And I could not wait to get here today, not just to worship God, but to worship him with you. Scripture says it's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. You know, in our one-year Bible, we just finished up the book of Job. I thought about Job several times this past week. And it's hard to compare pain and suffering. It's not fair to do it. You know, what he walked through versus what some of us walk through. It's apples and oranges. I, all of pain hurts. It just hurts. You know, when somebody's suffering, it's hard to say, well, my suffering's more than your suffering. Well, you hadn't seen suffering yet until you've seen what I... You know, you just don't do that. When people are hurting. The Bible says that Job was a man who feared God. And you know the tragic experience that Job walked through. I mean, one destructive difficulty after another. He got four reports back to back to back to back, losing everything. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. He lost his health. His own wife said, curse God and die. Whew. How'd you like to be married to that? <laughs> curse God and die. What? I'd say, woman, get thee behind me. <laughs> Hey, don't turn your back. If you're going through a storm, if you're going through difficulty, don't turn your back on the only one that can help you. Job said these words in, in Job 1, verse 21, which I thought was interesting. On his most difficult day ever, he said, naked I came into this world. I came naked from my mother's womb. I'll be naked when I leave. You know what he's saying? I didn't enter this world having a single thing. Can I tell you, we came, I know we got lots of stuff right now, but listen. Don't you place too much value on your stuff because you can't take it with you. You didn't come with it, you're not going to leave with it. Job said, naked I came into this world, naked I will return. The Lord gave me everything I had and the Lord has now taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. What? Job, how in the world can you find space in the midst of so much suffering? How can you carve out space to say, blessed be the name of the Lord? Job understood how this thing works. Came in with nothing, I'm leaving with nothing. But the sovereign hand of God He's worthy. Good days, bad days, even days that I don't understand. God, you are worthy. And Job in that moment began to worship God in his worst moments. And then here comes his friends. <laughs> How many of you know with friends like that, you don't need any enemies? These guys are sermonizing and scrutinizing and Man, giving him all kinds of theories and theologies. They didn't lift a single helping hand, not one whatsoever. No compassion, no mercy, no patience, just critique. 
The Bible says this at the end of Job's story. Here's what I love. In Job 42, verse 10, this was the turning point. The Bible says when Job prayed for his friends, then the Lord turned the fortunes of Job and gave him twice as much as he had before. Gave him twice as much as he Now, he was wealthy, but he was even more wealthy on the other side. He was honored before, but his honor and influence was exponentially great. You know what that tells me? God gave him double for his trouble. All the trouble that he walked through at the end, there's another side to this. I'm telling you, there's another side to recovery. Man, there's something on the other side of this storm for this community, this state, this region. I believe that if we'll just worship God in the midst of our suffering, if we'll trust him throughout, even there are difficult moments and there are hard things that we don't understand. Lord, I don't understand everything, but I know that you're good. I think on the other side of this, You see, everything God allows, he redeems. I want you to hear that with your spirit. Everything that God allows, he will redeem. And Lord, if you did it for Job, double for your trouble. And I'm not even talking about material possessions. But there's something on the other side. There is a joy. There's an experience with God. There's an eternal value that's even double than what we even know right now. You receive that today. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.